0: Brian Dewhurst and Philip Ramsey. Hello, and welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Uncommon Life Project. Where I'm your host, Philip Ramsey, and I'm Brian Dewhurst. Thanks for tuning in. I cannot wait to jump into this. I gotta let Brian just do the
1: bio, and then let's go. I'm gonna try to not get too radio voice on this one. I'm kind of excited though. <laughs> All right, we have the one and only Chris Prefontaine. He is a three-time best-selling author of Real Estate on Your Terms. The New Rules of Real Estate Investing and Monica Sawyer's Real Estate Investing for Women. He's also the founder and CEO of SmartRealestateCoach.com and host of the Smart Real Estate Coach podcast. Spanning almost 30 years in the real estate business from running agencies, constructing new homes, and uh, doing turnkey real estate projects, Chris has seen it all. Uh, Chris currently runs uh, buying and selling of businesses with his family team, where they purchase about two to five properties monthly still. So he's still in the trenches and doing the deal. And we can't wait to get your insight today. Chris Prefontaine. Welcome to the show. Hey,
2: good we guys. Gotta get some good sound. to be chatting again. We got to hang out a little bit more.
1: We
0: do. I agree with that. You can tell, and our listeners right away are like, okay, after reading the bio, we know why he's getting on, but real estate. Has it always been like that for you? Have you always kind of had like, yeah, that's my jam. Let's go after it. Tell us about how you got into it.
2: Uh, short answer is yeah, I've been at real estate a while. I, so 91, I'm dating myself, but that's when I started. This fall will be 30 years. Um, started building homes back when I really never lifted a hammer in my life, but I had a partner who did the field work. And then um, in around 95, bought a realty executives franchise, sold that to Coa Banker in 2000 started working on my own investments from right about that point and started coaching people in US and Canada. And then that led to the lovely, what I call debacle in my book, 2008 yeah. crash. That was a whole bunch of fun, but that's what got me to where we are today because it, it really slapped me hard. I got my teeth kicked in. And when I even considered going back in real estate, because I considered not, I said, what would be kind of like, the new protocol. What 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 standards do I live by? And kind of threw everything in a box that that I wouldn't deviate from. And that was things like not dealing with banks, not signing personally on loans, not borrowing money. So doing everything on terms and not not putting myself at risk. And it was built to weather storms, guys. Uh, it really was. And it was built for every economy. And then when COVID came around, everyone said, even my wife So, what do you think? What, what, what's the terms niche going to do? And I said, right, we'll see. But it was built to weather the storm, and, and it just thrived. So couldn't be happier, even though if you asked me that, no, wait, I would have said this absolutely sucks. <laughs>
0: You know what? Like half the time, that's really what we are dealing with is just unmet expectations of what people thought it was going to be. And so when people do get kicked in, all right, so this is my newest thing. I'm hyped up on this. It's resilience. It's the definition of resilience. It's the strength and speed of the response of our adversity. Doesn't that say it all right there? So tell me in uh, 2008, what your marriage was like, how did she process through that whole thing, and then what were the biggest takeaways to get you back on the horse to then ride this thing to where we're at now?
2: Yeah, good question. So everyone wants to know that because uh, Kim and I have been married 35 years this summer. So we met at, at age, man, what were we, 11 or 12 in, in junior high. So oh, wow. uh, we go way back. So she was super supportive, always has been. It's not the first speed bump. It was the second speed bump. Um, and the, the, the big thing, and I just said this on club bus today, uh, when I look back, this is scary thought for a lot of people. If I look back and I say, wait a minute, what were those two speed bumps? More importantly, what was going on in my life during those two speed bumps to your, to your point. And that was, I, th- I didn't figure this out until two years ago. It was, I had no, no role model coach, mentor, kind of board of directors, nothing during those two times. And those are the two worst times ever. So I think it was get get a little cocky, get a little full of myself. I don't need that. I don't need them. And then slam. So other than those two instances, I have never been without a mentor. Um, Kim and I just weathered a storm. It's like when my son Nick had his accident. People go, he was in a coma after a snowboard accident. And the doctor said he wouldn't walk, talk, or eat. And people look back and they go, how would you guys get through that? We go, I don't know. You kind of just get into the zone. Like you guys just said, you you, kind of just. You just go, Uh, laser vision, tunnel vision. I don't know if that Mm -hmm. answered your question directly, guys.
0: No, that's good. Um, Brian's got to ask some questions because everyone knows I talk too much. But (laughs) there are a couple questions I'm going to pull out here that you can really tell a lot about a person. One is like, how long you've been married? 35 years says a lot about you. So first, and then also the community that you've surrounded yourself with and understanding and have that realization of like, listen, when I do this alone, bad things happen. Like to me, that's powerful that you already know that. I'm sure Brian has millions of questions, so I'll pass it over to him. But I love that. Dude, 35 years, that's a real deal. Like going through valleys almost made you stronger. Like kudos to you and Kim um, for weathering that.
2: Well, uh, first, thanks, Philip. But the the other thing is, or and, uh, success is a real shitty teacher, right? I think you guys would agree you have a ton of amazing entrepreneurial clients. That's a fact. So. So it's almost like, I'm not saying go find crap, but but don't be bummed when it comes. I, Ray Dalio's book talked a little bit about this. Uh, almost like he it was a mindset, he welcomed speed bumps and challenges, he didn't call them that, just he welcomed that because his mindset was, okay, awesome, I'm gonna improve, I'm gonna go forward, lessons learned, boom. It. So that's just a different mindset, how you look at things that come your way. Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, so I mean, obviously a big part of our podcast is residual income. We talk about the seven sources of residual income. Two on that list or three on that list is real estate, obviously. And so it's such a broad topic. You guys have, I think, you know, we kind of talked about this on your show is the importance of systems. And it seems like a lot of the lessons you learned you've built into systems and what you're teaching today. Can you kind of walk our listeners through some of those tenets or principles you just mentioned in like, you know, another layer or two of detail?
2: Sure, sure. Uh Brian, the, so a couple things, not in priority or just as I think of them. Things that went sort of into the box of must-dos uh, and everything else to stay away from were, were do not go to a bank and sign personally on a loan. The only exception that I live by is maybe your personal residence if you can't find one on terms, which is how we buy um, if you can't find them, you're dead set on a certain neighborhood or you're paying cash, of course, then then that's an exception. But other than that, don't, because you're putting all your, your family's assets at risk. And when the OA crash came and values dropped uh, a third, and believe it or not, in one of my projects, two-thirds. They went down two-thirds. Wow. The banks don't oh, wow. care who Chris is. They just go, do we right. have a personal guarantee? Awesome. That's where I'm going. So, that, so that's number one. Number two was um, don't do any more sort of one one check deals, in other words, one payday. Um, for years, I did the building, as I said, and I've done rehab and I've done raise the roof projects. More more appropriately, Kim has done those. Um, so those are all great paydays. But you get paid once, and you got to go do it again. So every January, I'd go, oh man, I got like I got to go recreate this. That was a big year, but I got to go do it again. So right. so we created a, a, and We trademarked it. We just got approved by you know, the U.S. trademark, and that was the three paydays system. So you're getting paid now, you're getting paid over time and you're getting paid long term that you guys are in the business. I mean, that's like the ideal entrepreneurial model. So those were kind of the yeah. the tenants that we stuck in the box and said, we're not going to deviate. And then, of course, we have values like the, the the moral and ethical integrity stuff that surrounds all our deals. But that that in a nutshell is the two main things.
0: That's awesome. That's really good. I'm pulling back quick because I didn't ask this question and now it's like burning. How is your son doing now?
2: (laughs) Uh, He's awesome. He's in the business. He does interviews. Um, I'm sure you guys will run into him at some point here. Uh, He runs our entire uh, buyer side, buyer specialist side of the coaching. Um, Yeah, he's he's doing awesome. That was in 03.
0: Wow. Praise the Lord. Okay. So tell me the family run business because there are some pitfalls there, brother, that you could fall into. Uh, Tell us how that has gone. Who's in the business? Who's actually contributing on a day-to-day basis? What's their roles? And how do you make sure you don't hit a pitfall?
2: Mm. Yeah, everyone wants to know how, like what is going on with the family behind the scenes? Um, okay, a couple things. It didn't, I wish I could tell you I had like this grand plan and it all came together nicely the way I, I designed it. I didn't, it was very, very organic. So when I started, uh, I started getting busy and I needed some help. And my son was a realtor sharing an office with me, saw me go through all the crap in 08. And I said, could you help me? You know, I wasn't Mr. Tech. So I said, can you help me just get some of these properties advertised for for our avatar, which is a rent-to-own client? And he said, sure. And he started part-time. That was way back in 14. The end of 15, my son-in-law, Zach, and my daughter, Caleb, were in the, see, it's big tourism here. So they were bartenders and he was a personal trainer and good money, but really, really shitty schedules and and lifestyle. So they said, hey, do you have anything? I said, you know, this is not about a salary. If you guys want to come on and do deals, I'll teach you. Of course, Kayla grew up around it, but Zach never did. And I said, I'll teach you, but it's all about the deal. You'll get paid when the deal comes. We all will. And so they started in uh, December 15. Uh, Kayla ran the office as sort of the general manager, did an amazing job. And I have two grandkids now. So unfortunately, we lost her being day to day. But Zach has, just like Nick, has grown into, um, he's actually COO of the coaching and uh, has done hundreds and hundreds of deals. And he was not in real estate prior. You know, he grew up around real estate Uh, as far as just the, the question about how that all operates. Here's, here's the key thing. I think we have a set of values. We have a mission and a purpose, but we have a set of values and I didn't design them. We all designed them. We all voted on them. So if a decision comes across the table to hire, to fire, to spend money, to do anything, it's, it's got to fit in the values. And if it does great, and if it doesn't, there's no argument. It's not opinion. We all came up with these guys. It doesn't fit. Okay. Next. So that's what gets rid of a lot of the, a lot of the crap and a lot of potential disagreements and then the last piece would be taking business home right so we have a simple rule if it's negative don't bring it up if it's a win or a celebration sure talk about it but don't bring anything negative home we used to all live within literally two houses of each other at one time several years ago and we'd come home after the office and my son would yell across the driveway literally our driveways abutted and he'd say hey, hey dad how was your day today like we never saw each other wow so that was a long answer but guys but that the whole family piece is uh, always Something that gets asked.
1: If you don't bring the negative home, I'm curious about this. Where where do you leave or process the negative?
2: Uh, in the meetings, we have uh, one of our values is clear, blunt, and to the point. No gray area. That's not difficult when you live in New England. So in the meetings, we have straight out, candid conversations, and ten minutes later, we're fine. That's how that's how progress is made. So it, there's a meeting rhythm that handles that, and they know that. So like there's a there's a morning powwow now. For 15 minutes on Zoom, there's a weekly, there's a monthly, and there's a trimesterly meeting. So you got stuff, you bring it to the meeting. You don't have to bring it home.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. Perfect.
0: Good point. So where are you at now? And like, how do investors invest? Tell us what their experience is like. How do they get hooked up with you? That kind of thing. And then we'll walk through that.
2: Sure. So we uh, we do a couple things. Uh, the majority of our coaching side of our business, because we still buy and sell. We're in the trenches, just like we teach. The, but the majority of our business there comes from... Uh, people that want to either add on another niche and they're already in the real estate space. More people come from corporate America who COVID, ha- COVID has accelerated this, but it's always been there. They just want out. They want their own deal. You guys deal with entrepreneurs, you know the importance of that. And they, right. just, they just want a vehicle. When you So we teach them how to, and when I say the word invest, quote unquote, we're telling people how to buy property with no to little money down. And, and as I said, no bank loans. So, We're really teaching them how to ramp up a system. I think Brian was wanting to refer to systems maybe, but we're teaching them our system. We're teaching them three pillars, the systems, the skill sets, and the mental game. The mental game is a lot more than people think, but we teach those three things to the investors and teach them how to generate three paydays. Um, There's a small segment of our business that also has people like you guys may know and, and like some of our mutual contacts know that say, you know what? Awesome, Chris. Like I I see what you're doing. I know you've been at this 30 years. I love the types of deals, but I'm not doing that. I'm not getting in the trenches. Can I do this passively? And so we do some of that too, with some very, very close um, contacts.
0: Nice. Yeah. You, you mentioned some circles. We're running kind of in the same circles. We know Adam Carroll, SGU Chris, we know Drew McClellan, yeah. uh, and Steve Wasner. Like, It's been really cool to be able to bet heads and all of them really speak highly of what you're doing. And I think the transparency is the thing that's probably unique in that space. As investors and we've helped people invest, there's been been times where they've invested in REITs and things like that. And it just never seems like the financials are transparent and you never can really ask the right questions. So when it goes south later, you just wish like, oh, if I would have just asked that one question, I would have totally yeah. exposed that in it. And so I love that it's transparent. And I love that there's people that we know that talk very highly of you, but let's speak about that transparency that you try to give your investors and the people that you interact with.
2: Well, uh, so the the that open candor right is one of the values again. So it bleeds off into every every area. We're an open book, like you know whether whether the deal's challenging, whether it has to get uh, extended a little while, or whether we fell short or had a windfall. We we disclose it all so that the investors kind of along for the ride with us. Um, I, and I don't know if that was the point that the piece you wanted to pull out. And if, if I didn't hit it, please tell me.
0: No, no, that was exactly it. It's exactly it. It's just being communicated with even the good, the bad and the ugly. And that's been a a value of ours as well Is like, Hey, when people's accounts are down for whatever reason, let's communicate more than the other people who just put their head in the sand and like, (laughs) hope they don't call us, you know, let's over communicate in those times.
2: Yeah. See, that's a piece in the, with our deals too. You just hit a huge thing that Steven and I actually talked about when he interviewed me on my own show the other day. And that was back in 08, there was a gentleman that said to me, and it's in my book. That's how Stephen knew about it. And he had just brought it to the surface. I forgot all about it. He said, Hey, there was a gentleman in the book that you mentioned in 08 said to you, just be communicative with all your people. Don't go bury your head in the sand. He said that way back in like 08. So Stephen said, Is that why you're so big on communicating with your buyers and your sellers and making that an open book in case there's a challenge? And the answer is yes. emphatically. just the same thing you just said. Wow.
1: What do you see? You know, obviously, COVID's changed a lot of things. But I got to think in your business, it's it's probably helped. I mean, I think the value of a single family home in America has gone up. Uh, you know, you still have really low interest rates. Can you just talk about some of the market forces and what you guys are seeing?
2: Yeah, sure. So uh, as you guys know, we our our income and our net worth, I think, is directly related to our, what value we provide. Right. So mm-hmm. so the reason we're doing well is not because someone else is doing badly. It's because right now, more than ever banks are tightening up things for buyers so they need a guide uh, mm-hmm. sellers are then going especially the ones that don't understand this whole the whole inner workings of what's going on they'll they throw their arms up and go oh, I, I, man I guess I can't sell for this price I can't because a lot of the high-end homes right now they need jumbo loans and the banks are squishing those unless you are ultra strong so mm-hmm. we're, so we're helping both ends the buyers and the sellers it's always been a lucrative niche it's just that when COVID hit, our volume went up by in our in our students by about two and a half three times, um, because the banks are tightening so much. And and some of the people, like these aren't problem properties. There's a there's a client in California, uh, an associate we call him. It's in a student. He said he has two houses. One's with a doctor. It's debt free. This is not a stressful situation. The doctor said I don't want people in my house during COVID, so she just did a transaction with him instead of putting it on the open market. Like so, there's all kinds of reasons. Why sell is it coming our way versus the conventional route of, you know, realtor or for sale by owner even.
1: Sure.
0: Uh, I love that. (laughs) I'm nothing against realtors. I just like if there's any way to do it without the realtors, it could be ideal. Well, Uh, I agree. I I wore
2: both hats. So I agree. Nothing against them. but It just is what it is.
0: Right. Let me ask you this and you don't have to answer it. How? How are you doing this little to money, no no money down? If this is the secret sauce, be like, I ain't going to tell you, Philip, but I'd love to know how.
2: Now, if I said that, it would go totally against the candor and the (laughs) point. So, here's how we do it Um, we buy either lease purchase, owner financing, or subject to existing financing. And I'll just, if it's okay, I'll give you a high point on each one of those.
0: Yeah, Uh, yeah, do it.
2: Okay. So, the lease purchase says, hey, Philip, we're going to buy your home. The agreement we're going to use is a lease purchase. That's the vehicle. The lease purchase has a $10 deposit built into it, pre-written. All our forms are, are available. And what it says is, hey, Philip, once I find my buyer who needs time, they may need time to save or fix their credit. Once I find my buyer, I'm going to start paying your underlying mortgage. I'm paying it. It's staying in your name, but I'm paying it. I'm also going to take over all your maintenance, repairs, and upkeep. You worry about nothing. On a before term, let's just use 36 months, I'm going to pay you the equity we agree on. Uh, example, we think it's worth 300 million me and you, and you owe two fifty. I'm locking in not a sales price. I'm locking in the fifty grand equity because at the end I'm giving you that plus the balance left, it'll be lower on your mortgage. That's how these purchase works. So I'm not doing anything for a deposit with you. Brilliant. On on the owner financing, this is where the six figure deals come in. The owner financing is such that if that same house for three hundred was debt free, we do a third of the properties in the United States are free and clear, roughly speaking. So I say, okay, Phil, I can pay you your three. In fact, if you'll go longer in your term, I might be able to get you a premium, 305, 308, 310. It depends on how far out you'll go. Why can I do that or how? Because I'm not putting any money down. I can pay you top price, but I'm going to pay monthly principal only payments. I'm hammering down principal. I'm setting myself up to be as recession resistant as possible with that little technique there principal only every single month. So the longer I go, just, just think about that. The longer I go out, I'm hammering that down. I don't care if I gave an extra few grand. I'll get rid of that in two or three months right. with principal payments. Right. So that's the owner financing. And the subject too is a little bit more complex. So without diving too deep, all it says is I'm going to buy that same house of Phillips. I'm buying, I'm taking the ownership, unlike the lease, but that loan of 250 is staying in his name. There's not one property we have out of the 60 plus right now That we have a loan in our name ever back to my rules.
1: Wow. Wow. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I'm just like now wanting to dive into your course and like, holy cow. And I think, you know, for a lot of people, you know, Philip and I've talked about this a lot and you do wear both hats. So I think that's really, really good. But you just look at the average um, transaction. And if you don't have a real estate agent on the sale of your home and on the buying of the new home, that saves you a ton of money. And doing these contract deals, you're getting to the pure price of the home itself without all this extra tacked in, and especially on top of the mortgage, um, if you're going through a bank. And now with rates so low, now these closing costs are getting out of control because there's no money to be made on the interest. It's all in the closing costs. So uh, can you talk about that a little bit? Just
2: the equity that you're saving? Yeah, super, super pointed. Thank you. The the okay. So on the first point, I tell sellers roughly speaking, unless they're stressed out and need relief tomorrow, I've got a structure whatever works for us too. But generally speaking, our sellers are not stressed out. They want the best setup. I tell them they're going to come out of that with three to fifteen percent better than they would if they were with a realtor. And again, yes. back in the day, I yes. wore that hat, so I understand and I respect them. But just the facts are the facts. So that's that's one piece. the The only people that this doesn't work for. By the way, I should insert this for the listener. Is anyone that needs their cash now if they have any equity, like the example with Phillips house, if they have equity and they need it tomorrow to buy a house for their family, okay, then I'm not the the fit, it's okay. Um mm-hmm. as far as uh interest, I was I was moderating a room on Clubhouse this morning actually, and the whole interest thing came up. Um, you know, if you can avoid I don't care what the rate is, if you can avoid that, then you're then you're talking hundreds of thousands, as you guys know all too well, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> totally. Hmm. I went to this one real estate program one time and the speaker made this comment, like everybody's house is for sale. And somebody in the back was like, my house isn't for sale. He's like, sir, I'll give you 500,000 for your house. And the guy was like, sold. He's like, my point being, everybody's house is for sale. You just have to now work on terms. And when Brian and I are talking about this and we're working through this, it's interesting to see these, I would say even... Real estate uh, costs, like you know, the three percent or six percent, you know, each side, three percent each side. It ends up being about seven per uh, seven years of your mortgage that you are ending up paying for the commission of the realtors that just helped you sell your house. It's yeah, crazy I, to me.
2: It's insane. I, I I keep getting telemarketed. I've got a tiny, tiny loan left on my property, like maybe nine, ten percent of value. And they keep calling me to refi. And I said, I, so I play with it each time. Huh, okay, how much of the fees? Sure. I go through the whole thing and I go, okay, so it's going to cost me six grand more. Uh, it's going to save me six grand more per year, but but um, it's going to take me three years to eat that up. And, and the fees you just charge me, I'll have it paid off in a year. Like it doesn't even make any sense, but, but this is what's right. going on. So people are disillusioned by the low rates.
0: It's
1: crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and it seems like. You know there you know we think interest rates are going to stay low for a while because you know with the debt where it's at I mean they just can't go up and the and the Fed and the central banks are suppressing interest rates, and you're actually seeing negative interest rates in Europe right now, I and mean, you can get twenty year mortgages in Europe for zero percent interest, and so uh the closing costs will be probably twenty five grand but yeah. <laughs> you know it's zero ne- percent right. interest right. um what are you excited about, you know, for 2021 and beyond uh, and just your mission and values, your team in real estate in general? And-
2: well, um, yeah, I, I, two things, two different fronts. One is uh, because of the chaos that screams buyers and sellers, meaning that they're screaming for help, a guide, a guide. So mm-hmm. that I'm I'm excited for that. Why? Because I think we really, really, really provide true value. Like there's a win-win-win in our in our transactions. It, even a realtor can't say that because it gets a little cutthroat sometimes. There is a right. there is a true win-win-win with a when the buyer can't when the buyer thinks they lost all hope. Like people have been in tears. I don't think I could ever buy a home. Thank you. And the sellers say thank you. Whether it was COVID or debt relief or whatever it was, we help them, and of course we win. So. I, that's, that's a great thing. And and as long as we can keep doing that, I'll keep going forever on the, on these, on these types of deals. The second tier of what I'm excited about in 21 is we've figured out, and it's been, I don't know, seven or eight years uh, coaching with smart real estate coach around North America. And each year, and this year came to a head, we figured out more and more that it's really the mental game that dictates this whole thing. Because, mm-hmm. like, it, we have the three pills. I think I said earlier: the, the mindset, the skill set, and the in the uh, mental game. If I keep piling on the skill sets in the in the systems, but they're not developing mentally, I'm just piling on a bunch of crap. They're not going to they their value, their ability to earn is going to be directly related to their growth personally. That's what I call the mental game. So we didn't realize that till a few years in, and now it's have really got it dialed in. Like our courses, our mentors we bring to our community, we fix that or help with that nonstop. And I think a lot of people miss that.
0: You think, you know, like you talk about value, like the mindset when they have that shift is worth the value alone. Like that to me is the most powerful thing that we can teach at Uncommonwealth Partners and you can teach just the mindset of this whole thing to help weather the storm, have resilience like we talked about before. What do you think the biggest thing that you have to like almost quote unquote retrain your, uh, I'd say clientele, in this whole field.
2: The the whole, I'm assuming you mean the mental piece, right? right. Correct. Yeah, yep. it's the whole uh, doubt and self-belief thing. Uh, I hate to keep using clubhouse, but this morning we were on that room and there was some big investors. Like I'm talking people running run $10 million businesses. I was not the biggest one in there. And the question for the room was, what is holding you back? Even these big plays. And you know what like 9.9 out of 10 said? The mental game. Hmm. It's the belief in themselves, they can do it. Yeah, Philip and Brian can, but I, but I can't because 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 it's the, it's that yeah. piece that we have. You're to keep your working worst. On. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. You're your worst nightmare.
1: Right. Yep. Mm. Ain't that the truth? Um, you keep mentioning Clubhouse. I've just got invited to Clubhouse. Um, it seems like a pretty powerful platform. What What's kind of been your experience with it, and how are you using it?
2: Okay. So it's obviously early, right? Nobody, nobody really knows, but I'm blown away by the, uh, well, a couple of things, the transparency most definitely um, I'm blown away by, uh, by the access, the ease of access and the access to people I would have never met. i um, meeting people for podcasts like this. I'm meeting people for my show that I wouldn't have met. I mean, I have booking agents that search high and low, right? Like you guys might, but it's been like a powerhouse of people saying let's connect. Uh, and then, so that's on the upper kind of education tier on the lower tier, people brand, brand, brand new are having access to all these people, like literally in rooms, like I was just talking about Mm -hmm. and be able to get called up on stage. And that, for those of you that are not familiar, it's, it's, that sounds weird, but it's, it's all just audio. It's not, it's it's not video and you literally get called up to stage and you can talk. So they're getting access to that for free and then they can connect offline if they want. Really cool.
1: That's Awesome. (laughs) <laughs> Sounds like we need to jump on there.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'll follow you. Okay, jump where, on there and hit me.
0: For sure. So let's talk about the vision that you have for not only your family, but your business and your clientele.
2: Yeah, the, the, the uh, mission is, we call it the Kingdom Tower mission. It's a five-year mission that ends in 2022 and is to dominate the real estate education market and mentoring market by helping our associates, our students, complete 500 transactions. So most Real estate educators would probably say, what's your goal? they give you a sales goal or a marketing goal or sell 10 product, whatever. Ours is all transactionally based because there's a huge gap in the industry. And the gap exists between the time someone takes a course or goes to a seminar and the time they do a first deal. And sadly, I've had students, they're with me now, luckily, we, we threw the life raft out, but they had spent, two of them, $100,000 on education before finding us and did not complete a deal, which blows my mind.
1: Wow. Uh,
2: So, Which is kind
0: of the norm, though. That's like kind of the norm.
2: Unfortunately, you're dead on. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So we are on a mission to do that. And our purpose, the company purpose, is to empower individuals and families to live the life of their dreams through that that mission. On the family side, Kim and I are all about creating experiences. That's all we talk about. We've got two grandkids now. Um, I mentioned Zach and Kayla, so they're two kids. And so it's about making the money, not to make the money, making the money to go ahead and create the experiences that money can't buy.
0: Right. Have you ever heard of Lee Brower? He's got a really cool book. He says that uh, transferring wealth isn't just about the monetary money. It's about transferring. Basically, he kind of, the
1: I would four say- four quadrants. Yeah, he
0: kind of puts it in four quadrants. You have your core values. You have your good and your bad experiences. You have your charitably given and charitable time that you put all your stuff to and, and resources in. And then you have money. If you had three things that you could only pass to the next generation, which would those three things be? It's pretty obvious. It's the core values, your good and bad experiences, mm-hmm. and the way that you give your time and resources, right? It wouldn't be money, but everybody keeps focusing on the money and two generations later, poof, it's gone. So the thought is use your money to transfer the other three that are the most important. And it sounds like you're doing that, you and Kim, the core values your good and probably bad experiences, your stupid tax you've had to pay along <laughs> the, the way. Books. Yeah. And then uh, just the way that you give charitably, like what are you passionate about? And if you can use your money to unlock all those three, it sounds like you're doing, guess what you're going to have more to give to the next generation? Right, right on. Money. Yeah. And get, guess what they're going to know how to do? They know how to use it. They'll just keep doing that and keep doing that and keep doing it. That's the Rockefeller type way to transfer wealth. And so, right. do kudos to you and Kim for catching that vision and now using your resources to unlock those 3. Giddy up. Yeah, and thank you. I'm going to just call you out. The 500 like come on man. Like we knew a guy that wanted to buy 500 doors in what, a year? Was that it? And he did it. 500 doors in a year. Yeah. yeah. I think you can reach 5,000. Yeah, I think you can do 5,000. Let's go.
2: (laughs) We'll reset that with your help at the end of 2022.
0: Okay. (laughs) All right. But I want you to dwarf that 500 number, man. I want you to impact many, many people. I love your vision. I love your values. And I love how you're doing it. And I love how you're helping other people do it because a lot of people will just find this knowledge and they'll invest for just themselves in a very selfish, not selfish, but just self-serving way. And what Brian and I have found is helping and grabbing on and meeting people where they're at and helping them get to where they're going. Now that's fulfillment. And you're doing that every day because you're impacting other people. So good job, man. Thank you. Much, uh, much appreciated. Okay. So how do our listeners hear more about you, get connected with you? Sounds like Clubhouse is the new jam. Um, tell us more about that.
2: Yeah, I, I uh, that's fine if you want to go to Clubhouse, but that, cause that's, I haven't figured out the whole tech space yet. I'm like the worst one. The fact that I'm telling people about Clubhouse absolutely kills me. <laughs> um, so the best way is to – I'm going to do a few cool things just because of our mutual connects. So I was thinking about this in between shows. So uh, first of all, simple answer, smartrealestatecoach.com. Uh, but if they go forward slash action – myself, my son-in-law, Zach, or uh, our strategy expert, Brian, will do like a 15- or 20-minute call with them. It, it, and don't think it's it's not a sales call. It's do you, Is it a mental thing you want to talk about? Is it, hey, what would it look like if I was to go full-time? Just I'll do a call with you. So uh, smartrealestatecoach.com forward slash action. Um, something totally custom. We haven't done it since pre-COVID. Uh, if your listeners want to email support at smartrealestatecoach.com, uh, we will send out both hard copy uh, best selling books uh, for no charge. I'll let I'll let support know so they don't kill me when I come back from vacation because I'm leaving this weekend. They'll go, what just happened? Yes,
0: yeah,
1: that's amazing. Um, Thanks for doing yeah, that. that. That's you. awesome. Yeah, no I worry. I want to start doing stuff like that through our podcast. So that's kind of like a. Uh, I don't know what the word is. I'm I'm blanking, but yeah, an inspiration for us to to start doing stuff like that. So thank maybe
2: you. maybe let's give them up in the, in the subject line. Maybe put uh, uncommon, you know, something like that, so V knows our, our support team.
1: Okay. Great. Okay. Great.
0: Well, man, I just want to keep encouraging you. You and Kim are building something amazing, and your family now, and it's it's going to impact many, many people. And we're excited that you're on this uncommon path. Thank you for sharing that with not only us but the listeners. Mm -hmm. And we want to be your biggest fans moving forward. And so, um, any last words? Quick, uh, you know what? I'll do what you did to us. If you're going to go on a ship tomorrow, (laughs) you weren't going to come back. Uh, if you thing. were going to come back from that ship, what would you do? What were the two things you would do in the next 24 hours if you're leaving tomorrow at one thirty p.m.? Well,
2: well I think it was, Philip, I, I think it was your answer that I went, man, and it was to record as many videos as you possibly could. I'm, I'm absolutely stealing that because I can hit every family member, every student. I can hit the world by doing that. Uh, was it you that yes. gave me that on my show? Yeah. So I did. Yeah. I love it. I'm going to steal that um, and and run with it because that's just the most reach and the, and the
1: most value. Love it. That's awesome. It, Thank you so much, Chris. Thanks,
2: guys. I appreciate
0: it. Well, you've been listening to the Uncommon Life Project. I've been your host, Philip Ramsey. And I'm Brian Dewhurst. Tune in until next time. Until then, go be uncommon. Thanks, everybody. That's all for this episode of the Uncommon Life Project. Brought to you by Uncommon Wealth Partners. Be sure to visit UncommonWealth.com to learn more about our services. Don't miss an episode as we introduce you to inspiring people who are actively pursuing an uncommon life.